to East Coast DNA. Uh, today we have Lisa Richard. Absolutely. Uh, that was that was pretty uh, big Smooth. assumption for me. I, I, was, I was like, oh, I forgot to check. But there you go. I, I nailed it. Did it. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> so it's actually Dr. Lisa Richard. So it is. That's I should have got you to come here in person. Maybe you could check the positioning of my chair and stuff see if i'm doing any permanent damage i believe you're a chiropractor is it i am a chiropractor and i have helped many musicians over the years <laughs> i can imagine be able to keep up with their craft <laughs> so kind of uh feeding off the fact that you are set up in the halifax area as a chiropractor and you're a musician off to the side it seems like off to the side must take up quite a bit of your time it does. So um, I was working full time as a chiropractor up until 2015. And um, so I've been working part time now um, as a chiropractor because music was taking up a significant amount of time, which I I don't call it work. I call it, you know, that that's my passion and uh, absolutely love it. So, um, you know, chiropractic is certainly something that I love as well. And I love helping people. And I am serious. I have helped a lot of uh musicians and over my time um but once i started playing more shows i was getting into 50 60 shows a year and traveling you know europe us and and then here in the east coast it was tough to keep up um working as a chiropractor full-time so i had to make a choice and give up part of that to be able to continue with where um music is going right now and uh but that kind of slowed down with COVID, of course. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Unfortunately. So I'm still practicing part-time um, because music creation didn't stop during COVID. I mean, we kept writing and, and getting my album ready because my, my first album uh, came out in 2017 and uh, the next one was supposed to come out in 2020. But um, again, thank you, COVID. That did slow a few things down. But um, we kept on trying to get things together and um so it finally came out may of 2022 this year and uh yeah i'm still practicing part-time trying to get all this stuff done so thanks for having me on your show i'm so excited about meeting you guys I am i gonna get to meet you oh yeah yeah i'll be okay. there in person thursday morning pretty early so uh, we'll be floating oh, around good. we're in uh, the fleur-de-lis room if anybody's listening to this during the conference and the door is open. Feel free to stop by and say hello. Blur delete. Perfect. So uh, one question I did have there too, as far as your background. I, I originally, when I first looked into a little bit of your background, I was having trouble pinpointing where you're from, but you're originally from New Brunswick. I'm originally from New Brunswick, um, small fishing village called New Mills which is close to Dalhousie. So if you know Northern New Brunswick at all, that's close to Camelton Bathurst area. Um, so my dad was a lobster fisherman and um, I grew up, you know, small fishing village of about 25, 30 people. And um, it's, it's so far North that when I look out the window at my parents' home, I'm looking at Quebec. So I am right across from Quebec on the Bay of Chalor. So that's where I grew up and um, started my singing career back then, getting a quarter to sing a song on the side of the road. <laughs> and <I started> <laughs> growing up in that community then, that, that's 
like you say, you started that, and that was pretty young age, I believe. I, I did yeah. see a reference to uh, an anecdote to that. Absolutely, it, it's actually part of a song that I uh, on my first album, "Fisherman's Daughter." I had to write that one, and and I tell a story about you know my brothers. Um, they always knew I had change in my pocket because I'm serious. I would get a quarter to sing whatever, right? And you know, cute kid, give her a quarter, she'll sing, and I do, and I did, and so. My brothers, uh, back in the day, you needed to have quarters to go to an arcade back then, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Dating myself a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I always had a few in my pockets. So one of my brothers, which I never named, but I only have two, so you can guess uh, which one it might be. <laughs> so he would he would hang me upside down and shake me to get the quarters out of my pockets. Um, now, my mother walked in on him one day, and she caught him hanging me and shaking me up. <laughs> And she said, let her go. And he did. <laughs> oh, just dropped you flat out on the floor. Yeah, I wasn't prepared. I might have been seven, eight years old. He dropped me right on my face. And uh, needless to say, he got in trouble that day. He did not go to the arcade. Um, but I still have a scar to prove that that actually happened. My brother denies it to this day. Um, but I always say, look, it's in the song, so it must be true. I put it yeah. in the song. There, it's true. That's what happened. So yeah. he hates it when I tell this story, right? But it is true. <laughs> so I tell story. That means we can read into your lyrics that those are all true stories then. That's, that's oh, what you've confessed here. Honestly, we'll have to dig through some uh, of that. Yeah, there's not too much that's fabricated in the stuff that I write. I mean, we may have to tweak it a little bit to fit what we're trying to do. But yeah, for the most part, it's there's a lot of journaling going on with my music writing for sure. It's a story. And um, when I put on a show, that's how we kind of develop the show from the beginning to the end. It's a chronological story of how and why I wrote the two albums that I did. And um, we just had our sold out second sold out show at the Carlton uh, last week. And um, yeah, it was absolutely magical. So I'm hoping to bring some of that magic to my showcase on Thursday night this week. Gosh, yes. two days. I yeah. see that. Where, which venue are you at? I did see it was Thursday. So evening. funny enough, you know, I, I said the universe is really um, a funny thing. <laughs> I'm playing at the crown and moose. Now I've never um, showcased for music Nova Scotia. I have showcased for the ECMAs, uh, but I haven't done it with music Nova Scotia. And I just thought it was very fitting that the very first venue that I'm going to play is called the crown and moose because um uniforms which is a song that i wrote about people that saved my life when i was a kid um it the story is all around me being in an accident in northern new brunswick because of a moose <laughs> and funny. really okay you're, you're putting me in a venue with the word moose in it okay sure why not um just a funny thing that the universe does sometimes right <laughs> yeah yep there's signs everywhere <laughs> there's signs everywhere i just thought that was funny so yes crown of moose and I'll tell the story about the moose. I will play uniforms that night. And one thing I did see that's quite common in uh, reviews, like outside of your press kit, I did a little bit of looking around, see what maybe other people were asking you and what other type of information was out there. And there's a lot of comparisons. And I, I'm aware that we've got all originals here that I've been looking over, but I'm aware that a lot of your career was earlier, especially would have been based on covers. And I did watch you uh, perform with Vince Gill doing cover of Jolene, which was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, definitely a story there for sure. But your 
your voice is what people seem to gravitate towards as far as what's unique about like you're playing country music which we've actually had a few country artists on the last few episodes but your voice is unique for your genre um there's a lot of comparisons to share i did see that yes uh, one thing that I picked up on going back, not so much with some of your newer releases, like the ones that you provided for us for the interview today, but uh, when I went back to your 2017 album, uh, Tangled Up, uh, it was reminiscent for me of uh, Linda Perry, uh, like Born on Blondes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it maybe lent itself a little bit to the, the, the style of the song itself, because it's a little bit mm -hmm. of a rougher acoustic song, but yeah, the... That's the voice that I was picking up out of that was like a, a Linda Perry kind of a tone there because I, I do see the share comparison. Yes. But maybe where I'm not a big, huge share fan, it doesn't pop to much front of my mind right away. Well, and you know what? I've, I've not consciously have developed that on purpose, but it, it just came out right. And um, I try to subdue my shareness as much as I can. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with Cher. My God, she's amazing. She's beautiful and, and extremely uh, successful in a woman in business. Um, but I've also been um, compared to um, a, a soulful, I don't know if you read this anywhere, but a few times some people have said, I, I sound a bit like a soulful Anne Murray, which I take yeah, very Because a really cool story about that is we both went to UNB. We're both oh. on the same because we both graduated from the same program at UNB. Um, back in the day, it was called physical education. I took, uh, it was kinesiology when I finished sports science. And so I remember coming out of one of my physiology classes at UNB. And, uh, you know, they have all the pictures on the wall of, of all the graduates. And I remember coming out one day and, and I, she just poked her face right out of, <laughs> right out of that um, picture. Ann Murray. I was like, wow, Ann Murray, like this is a long time ago. And I just didn't know that she went to school there. And I just thought that was so cool um, that she was on that wall. And at the time, uh, you know, at that point, I wasn't um, taking music as seriously. I was, I was still singing in a band and doing some things, but not, not thinking that I could um, make a living out of it at the time. I, it, I did it for fun and it was enjoyable. Um, but I remember seeing her picture on the wall and I went, wow. I would love to be able to do what she does, you know, or what she's done. Um, and I'll tell you in Nashville, you say Anne Murray down there and she's a queen. Like people love Anne Murray in Nashville. So to have anybody compare me even remotely with her. Wow. Um, so yeah, that's, that's one that I can't quite get over because we have a little connection with the same undergrad and, and I hope to meet her someday if I ever get the chance. I hope I do. Um, but yeah, I, I, Cher is definitely still one that people hear. Uh, I get Janis Joplin sometimes from yeah. people. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a few others that, that, that just aren't coming to mind right now, but, um, a Sugarland, the, the lady that sings for Sugarland, um, I can't, Jennifer Nettles. Yeah. So people have said I sound a bit like her. Um, so yeah, I, um, not really, I don't mean to be all over the place, but, um, it, I think it's be partly, partly because my music is definitely rooted in country, but mm -hmm. you're going to get a flavor of, you know, that, that rock pop style. You're going to get a flavor of maybe a little bit of folk in there. Uh, there's a little bit of roots and blues. Um, yeah, it's, it's, 
there's a little there's a few flavors mixed in there and that's just me because i grew up on rock with my brothers i mean they were into that but then my parents were so into like hank snow and dolly parton and all these uh -huh. icons i was i got both sides mm -hmm. uh, and i loved both sides so for me to put out an album i had to have both sides intertwined in there and uh i feel with the first album we got that in an acoustic way and then this album i was so so happy to work with jason barry um and and you know all the experience that he comes with uh producing dean brody and terry clark and michelle wright and charlie majors like he just comes with a plethora of of uh experience and took this next album to a whole nother level for me and made me work for it uh yeah, I wrote a lot of music before we picked the 10 songs that are on there. So, yeah, um, I have him to thank for that, for helping me uh, guide me through that. Um, but, yeah, I'm so excited to come and play uh, some of those songs for you guys this week at the showcase. And typically when you've been on tour, um, one of the reasons it might have been a little bit more difficult for me to pinpoint where you were from, too, is because your first, like, 2017 album had a lot of attention in this, like in Nashville and you toured through the States and a few overseas places, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So then COVID happens and now you have a new album out. So I do see the shows at the Carlton selling out and I mean, congratulations on that. That's an awesome venue. I do not get there, but I would love to uh, catch a couple shows in the near future. It's, it's, it's awesome sound in there. So it is. And and it means something if you're being asked to play there because only so many people can play there. So it is nice to see that you're having some sold out shows, but I, I'm curious where you have, must obviously have built a fan base in the States and they're, they're, they're remote from where you're based and right. you're not originally from Nova Scotia. Right. I'm proud that you decided to locate yourself here Absolutely. as as a chiropractor and a musician with a fan base in the United States, I would say when I was younger, you would not have settled in Nova Scotia because most people would think the money is some big American city because that's, that's where the population is and that's where the music industry used to go. But now that we can support ourselves here, what, what is, you can work remote as far as music stuff and then go out and tour, but you also yourself have the ability to really, you can make that decision. You could decide, well, I want to live in Nashville. I'm sure they have doctors down there. They sure do. So what, what is it that about Nova Scotia that makes you settle here? That's a great question because um, it is where I chose over 25 years ago to settle because I remember coming here to visit and the music scene here just amazed me. I couldn't believe, I mean, growing up in a small Northern town, in New Brunswick, we didn't have that. I wasn't exposed to that. Then I went to Fredericton and okay, so there's a little bit more going on there for sure. Enjoyed all that time. Then I go to Toronto to go to school. That's where I really got immersed into music more so. Um, played with an original band uh, there for three years. Uh, did all the venues there, like the Horseshoe Palace, Lee's, or the Horseshoe Tavern, Lee's Palace, the Opera House, those places. And we were on breakfast television. We did all that kind of stuff. Um, 
the band would go to Europe six months of the year and I was still in school. So I had to stay and finish what I was doing. So I got a lot of experience in Toronto, but I kept visiting Halifax. I had friends here and uh, I would come visit and I just fell in love with the music scene here and the people. And so, yes, I could have went anywhere. And I did look as far as Australia. I looked at Newfoundland. I looked at a lot of places to go. Um, but Halifax won my heart. And I don't think I could live anywhere else. But um, I don't mind touring and leaving for short periods of time. But Halifax is my home. And it's because of the music and the people. That's what it is. I just love it here. That's awesome to hear. I, I'm sure that uh, that sentiment is repeated across most of the people I've interviewed. And actually, more recently, a few people were Nova Scotia transplants. And it seems to be common that people had visited at one point, And then as they got older, they were like, you know what? I think I just want to live there instead of visiting there. I can visit home. Right. So and that's I'm nice sure to see. About Nashville as well. Uh, once I started going there, because I've been spending a lot of time down there the last seven years. Um, I mean, almost three months a year. And so when you say I have a little, you know, fan base there, I mean, I, there's certainly some people who recognize my name because of some of the things that I've done down there. Um, I'm very, very blessed to have someone that uh, is able to book me at shows. Um, and I get to tag along with people that are also very well known down there. So um, that's been part of the magic of, of me being able to go down there. It's the people that I've been able to connect with and who they're connecting me with. And as much as the, you know, there's been a lot of push for me to move there a lot um, before COVID, but even more so since COVID. So it's, yeah, it, it's been, uh, it's, it's been tough to try to figure that out because I, I know there's, there's a want there as well. Um, but like I said, I'm still comfortable having this as my home base and being able to travel. Um, that may change someday, but right now i'm i'm happy being here and uh i really don't see me being there full time but i i know i'm going to be going to be starting to uh spend more time there again i mean since covid i wasn't able to go back the last time i was there sure. was november of 2019 and then i went on a on a tour with some people from nashville over to ireland and um i was in ireland when covid started i i just got back a month before everything shut down and I was doing a little um, touring over there. And so, yeah, that just shut everything down. I'm glad I got back here. Um, and then I haven't been back to Nashville since until my album came out this year. And I went back in June uh, of this year. And I really didn't know if I still had a place there because it had been over two years. And you sure. just don't know. People struggled there. I mean, they, they really, um, you know, didn't have a lot of the help that we got here and especially in the music industry oh my gosh they struggled so i didn't know if there was still a place for me there but um i quickly found out that there was uh people took me under their wing once again made sure that i had everything i needed because i lost my luggage for three weeks and um yeah it was a wonderful wonderful experience and i could talk the rest of the interview about what happened um during that time it was it was unbelievable i will tell you one story um because yeah. i think <clears throat> some of your listeners might know what a 1937 martin is and uh so ranger doug is one of the people that i connect with and um 
I, I, I stay with him and his wife when I go down there and he's part of the time jumpers who have played with Vince Gill for 20 years. And, and uh, he's also been with the Riders in the Sky who open up the Opry for the last 40 years. And so he knew I lost my luggage. I didn't have my guitar with me, thank God. I didn't travel with it. But he said, why don't you pick out one of my guitars to to play while you're here? And I said, oh my gosh, you know, like that's so kind of you, but I just planned on renting one. Where can I get one? And he said, no, try this one. So he hands me this Martin guitar. And at the time I, I knew it was an older Martin, but I don't know what I'm looking at, right? I not, I'm not that much of an aficionado. I have an idea, but I don't know. So I said, are you sure? He said, absolutely. Um, this is a guitar. It's meant to be played. And I did one strum with this guitar at the time. I didn't know it was a 1937 Martin. And that's that I've never heard anything like it. I've never heard an acoustic guitar sound the way it did. I've never played that old of a of a vintage guitar. It it was amazing. And he let me play with that the whole time I was down there. Now, when I come to find out what that guitar was worth and what it was, uh let's just say i did have handlers at one point uh guide me because of what it was actually worth and and some people would know what it's worth and because i i i played uh at a lot of different venues and and some you know i i had to walk a distance to get from the venue to where i was going uh park wise and i had to have some people with me guide me to those venues because of what i had in my hands um i thought maybe it would be worth somewhere around fifty thousand dollars and but apparently, depending on the market, because um, and and your your listeners might be able to verify a lot of this too. Um, but because Ranger Doug owns it, it it's a little bit valuable as well. Sure. But also, the original owner and he got it from the original owner. And I saw the papers. I I saw everything. The original case, Doc Martin um, um, actually owned it. So yeah. Doc Williams, sorry. Sorry, Doc Williams. I, I said Doc Martin. I said Doc Williams, who is an icon from back in the day in Nashville, was the original owner. So you can look up that story. So this guitar was worth a lot yeah. more than $50,000. And he let me drag it around Nashville for two weeks. And I just couldn't believe it. I nearly fell off my chair. So there's pictures of that on Facebook. Um I only told the story at one show because then I realized I better keep that, you know, um, while I'm touring around, just, yeah, just keep that to myself for now. Um, but anyway, I'm out there now and, and it's done. It's, it's secure. I got to play it and people enjoyed the story and, um, I'm hoping I get a chance to play it again. But after I knew what it was, I was a bit nervous. Yeah. You're almost better off not knowing until afterwards so that you could just enjoy it. That's exactly what he did. He didn't want to tell me what it was because uh, uh, he probably he knew I wouldn't know exactly what the worth was. And Doug's the type of person that he was sincere. He's like, it's a guitar and it's not meant to be in a museum. It's a guitar and it's supposed to be played. Sure. Play. Sweet. Oh, that's Sweet awesome. man. Yeah. So that's one one natural story. <laughs> so with all your connections down there and you, you obviously, besides uh, having people just uh, professionally that you're networking with, you obviously have some people that you become acquainted with socially. Is there any chance that you're, instead of worrying about getting down to them and seeing if you have a place down there, have you done anything about making a place for them up here and dragging some of the Nashville players into Halifax? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people who would love to hear it. 
Yeah, like um, a lot of them have been here, right? Uh, especially Vince Gill. He's been, he loves it here. Um, uh, I don't know if the Riders in the Sky have been here, but yeah, they they know where Nova Scotia is. They know Halifax. Like they, yes, there's definitely some interest in most of the people that I connect with down there. Um, COVID certainly, again, slowed that down. Sure. But um, I hope that happens someday in the not- too distant future and i'll tell you i'll be ringing every radio and tv news cast to let everybody oh, know yeah. um because I'd, I'd love to see that happen i'd love to see them come up here and uh and and share what they do um in nashville because uh it, it's just a an absolute blessing to be able to work with people um that are at that level and uh they just they they make me better you know yeah. and it's great to be around people like that um and working again like i said with jason barry all my guys in the band here uh warren robert who's absolutely amazing uh dana westall scott ferguson i mean i just i couldn't work with more amazing people here i'm i'm surrounded by a lot of good people right now i really am and for anyone that is listening that's unable to catch you in sydney is there any upcoming shows getting because yeah. i i know that a lot of people getting into the winter slowing down but where you're halifax based and if you can I'm sell it to busy. carlton yeah i'm pretty busy from now till uh new year's eve um i'm just doing a a solo show at white point um when i get back next weekend so that's the 11th and 12th and then I'm doing a full band show at the WB Speakeasy, which is West Brooklyn, uh, just outside of Windsor. It's a new um, privately owned venue, and they bring in original artists to share their craft. Um, you know, it's it, their sound is amazing. It's a great group of people. They're very attentive. They want to see original artists. And um, so I'm going back there for the second time. And that'll be November 26th. And then I'm at Casino New Brunswick, uh, December 3rd. And then I'm back at White Point again in December. And then we have our full band show again, uh, New Year's Eve at Oak Island Resort. So there's a big package out oh, uh, wow. for accommodations and uh, a buffet meal. And, and uh, then of course us uh, entertaining you for the evening, evening. So I'm pretty busy from now till the end of the year. And yeah. I can see a little bit of me on Christmas Daddies as well, I believe. I think cool. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll have to uh, stay in touch. And uh, I don't know how many regular episodes we'll have out in that time frame for November, December. We're kind of burning through a lot of, we got a good chunk of Nova Scotia covered in the last couple of months, actually. <laughs> I love so, the name. I love it. Yes. I have to give credit to uh, Andrew, my co-host. He, he came up with the name for that and it's we will. I got I got to talk to these guys. I love this. This is good. Well, thank you very much. I think for anyone listening and for yourself as a potential fan, um coming out of Music Week, we're going to try to expand around and get back to some of the other provinces. We had touched on a couple in the earlier part of the podcasting, but uh not even sure if we're going to do seasons. We might just keep running and start getting out to some of the other regions. So Definitely, if you're touring around and hitting other provinces like New Brunswick, keep us up to date with your shows and stuff so we can communicate that out to anyone that's listening in those regions too. Fantastic. I would appreciate the help. I mean, getting the word out is what, you know, is the biggest part of the whole business is letting Absolutely. people know. Right? So um, I 
appreciate everything that you guys do for artists. Uh, we can't do it by ourselves. It takes a huge village to get to do all this stuff. And uh, so I, I thank you guys for, for doing this. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, thanks for your time. And uh, hopefully if you have a few minutes over the weekend, swing by the Fleur de Lis and uh, stop in and say hello. Oh, I will find the Fleur de Lis. It's Lisa Richard. I have to go find the Fleur de Lis. Absolutely. Exactly. Good photo opportunity. We're getting a selfie. We're doing yeah. it. Perfect. <laughs> thanks again. Hey, you're welcome. Have a great day. Bye. Of a newborn child It's the ladybug that stopped on by It's the kids that made it home that night It's the stars that keep shining so bright Make it all worthwhile Baby, I've got news you can use Jump around and some child Let it all out Be a little crazy Baby, I've got news you can use Fall in love, put your love Buy a new truck Celebrate together First love that lasts forever It's the hearts for all the lost souls And the ones that never let go of love Here's to all of us Baby, I've got music in you Jump around, dance and shout, let it all out Be a little crazy Baby, I've got music in you Fall in love, push your love, buy a new truck Push your love, buy a new truck Stay up late, 